This is your host, Vernon Terrell, with Grace Ministries International, and it's time for Walking Free. And I'm so glad that you have joined us for this episode of Walking Free. This is Vernon, and we have with us today a guest that I really think you're going to enjoy hearing from Torben Jensen. Torben, welcome so much for, and thank you so much for being here. Yeah, thank you so much for having me. I've been looking forward to it. Well, uh, Torben, before we dive in to our topic, and the topic is going to be very relevant. I know Michelle and I briefly spoke about something similar on uh, an earlier episode, and we spoke about uh, this uh, this idea if uh, on what does it mean to wait on the Lord, and what does that really mean? I mean, what are we talking about? And we use the verse in the Psalms um, twenty seven fourteen that said, "You know, wait for the Lord, uh, be strong, and let your heart take courage." Yes, wait for the Lord. What does that mean? Well, we're going to uh, today tease out a bit this idea uh, of hearing from the Lord. What is that all about? And Torben's going to really uh, give us some real life uh, thoughts on that. But before we get started, Torben, would you tell uh, everyone just a little bit about yourself? Yeah, I'm happy to. Uh, I am from Denmark originally. So in case any of the listeners are wondering about my accent, that's where it's coming from. I have lived in the States the last 13 years. I'm married to Jeanette. We've been married 16 years. We have uh, three young boys that are nine and seven and four. I have uh, worked uh, in various kinds of ministries, doing a lot of global ministries, but also a lot of discipleship training and counseling ministries over the last, uh, coming up on 18 years. So yeah, I've been blessed to work for a number of different ministries. And uh, currently yeah. I work for, uh, certainly for, for Grace Ministries International, but I also work for Johnny and Friends. That's an organization uh, working to help uh, families affected by disability. So I live in Nashville, Tennessee with my family, and we've been here the last four years. Before we jump in, tell us a little bit about what's going on with Johnny and Friends. Such an incredible ministry. Yeah, it is. It is. Yeah, it's a, it's a remarkable ministry. So Johnny Erickson Tata, as some of the listeners might know, is a lady who um, at a young age of 16, she was in a diving accident. She used to be a very active athlete. She was in a diving accident and ended up as a quadriplegic and uh, was wrestling a lot with God with that. Um, had to go through a lot of thoughts of suicide and, uh, and a lot of depression before God really got a hold of her and and really convinced her that uh, he had great plans with the rest of her life, despite her physical uh, condition. She was um, on a uh, nationwide talk show and shared about her story a few years later. And that's really how the ministry started, because people started writing letters. It was back in those days uh, to Johnny and uh, and Johnny and her sister and then one of her friends started writing back and, and just like trying to speak into the lives of all the families that are affected by disability in the U.S. and all over the world. So the ministry has been going on the last 42 years. We work 
all over uh, all over the states and work internationally as well. We bring uh, wheelchairs uh, and the gospel to, uh, to to people in I think it's twenty different nations right now. So yeah, it's a beautiful ministry of just uh, ministering to the entire family, both the individuals that are themselves affected by disability, but also to the rest of the family because uh, every family that has just one person that has a disability it affects everybody. So so it's a it's mm. a beautiful ministry of just. Uh, Trying to help in different ways, encouraging, uh, helping churches uh, provide the support and the, and the help that's so necessary for all these families. That's amazing. We love uh, Johnny and uh, the ministry, Johnny and Friends. And I remember so many years ago when that ministry uh, was early, uh, in the early days. And what an incredible ministry. And I have a heart uh, for special needs as the father of an autistic adult son now at 23, but um, what a journey and uh, what an incredible ministry. And uh, Torben, you have, uh, as you said, you've worked in so many uh, ministry and aspects of ministry from counseling to training to teaching now with Johnny and Friends. And uh, this idea of hearing from God is something that you are very familiar with. Can you explain just a little bit about what hearing from God, what is it not? What is it? Can you help us out with that? Yeah, I would love to. Um, I think for me, when, when I when I think of this, again, I have to go back, uh, in my case, 20 years. Um, 20 years ago, my life changed drastically. Um, I was... Um, a young man headed for what I thought would be a very lucrative career working in the area of communications. That's where my plans were. And I was headed for that and was in the middle of my education for that. God got my attention. It's a funny story. Sometimes God will use a broken heart to to change your life forever. There was a um, at the time, I was dating a, a young girl from Norway, and uh, she uh, ended that relationship. And I was sitting at home and crying about that, and uh, thought that my life was over, as you do in your twenties when something like that happens. And <laughs> most most of my friends were headed to a missions con- conference in the Netherlands that took place there. And I was like, okay, I can sit at home and uh, be sad, or I can go with all of them to this uh, missions conference. I was like, okay, I'll go. And went to this mission conference, and it was all very interesting. Lots of there were thousands of people there, lots of missions organizations, but nothing that really touched me until the very last evening of this conference. And this, I would say, is the first time that I heard God speak directly to me. I was um, sitting there along with thousands of other young people, and a lady spoke on a passage that I'd heard lots of sermons about before. It's the story where Jesus feeds uh, the 5,000 plus with a uh, little bit of bread and some fish from a young boy. And I heard God say to me through this sermon that that's what I want from you, Tom. I want you to give everything you have to me. I'm going to have to do something that you will not understand. I'm going to have to break it. When I break it into pieces, I can bless this, bless it, and it'll multiply. And I sat there and I knew that I had a choice to make. I could say yes to this challenge, and I knew um, even though it wasn't fully clear, I knew that my life would change forever if I did that, or I could say no. And I sat there and I chose to say, yes, okay, this is what I want. I want whatever it is you have for me. Nothing was specified as far as the direction there, but this was the first time that I heard God speak. And I knew when I left that conference that my life uh, was changed forever at that very moment. 
So and, what? So I mean, when you're talking about you heard from God, I mean, did God just you know speak into some you know megaphone into your ear and and just say Torben uh, and it reverberates and let me speak to you? And, and, I mean, yeah, what was that, it that like? Yeah, it's been many different experiences of hearing God speak. At, at that point, what I remember was a, again, it wasn't necessarily an audible voice, but it was a very clear thought where what I heard from the lady speaking to thousands of people was personalized. And I heard my name in my thoughts, told them, this is what I want from you. And and I just knew that this was this was God speaking to me. I knew that... Um, he was calling me to a radical life change. I knew from having grown up in the church, of course, that this is how uh, how Jesus would walk around and call people as well, where he tells them, come, give everything you have to me and follow me. So I knew it was God. It was, it was crystal clear to me. And I knew that, uh, yeah, that the implications would be, uh, would be huge from saying yes to this. That this was not just a, I'm inviting you to a little experience that you, you'll forget about in a, in a few moments. No, no, this was a, a an invitation into a an experience, and in this case, a lifelong experience of experiencing Jesus as Lord and giving Him the lordship, and and, and truly saying, okay, whatever you tell me to do, whatever whatever that looks like, I'm going to say yes to that. Um, so, so yeah, that, that's that's how it played out in that sense. It was really this strong sense in my thoughts, a sense of hearing my own name being spoken and of this passage um, being personalized for me. It's like you're hearing God and you use the idea in your thoughts and really in your spirit. You're hearing that you're, you're, you're sensing God uh, in your spirit through your thoughts uh, telling you something. How how do you see most Christians, you know, when they talk about, you know, hearing from God or listening to God, how does that look? What does that look like in your experience for most Christians? Like I said, I've worked in discipleship training and counseling for, for, for 18 years. So, so I've had the privilege of, of, of work, of working with a lot of Christians of different ages. And, and very often what I encounter is that uh, for most people, the idea of hearing God lead them directly is a foreign concept. Uh, what I often hear, like if you talk about uh, having to make some sort of life change, very often it's a, okay, I have decided to do this. I'm going to go to this college or I'm going to take this job. Or I'm going to move to that city. And then we ask God, okay, God, if you have something to say to this, uh, please tell us, or we will then make the assumption that if you don't cause the house to collapse overnight, then that's the sign that this was you speaking. And what I'm uh, challenging people to to do is is something quite different from that. Like I, I had a conversation, it, it's, it's just a couple of weeks ago, there was a gentleman who contacted me who had heard me speak. I just spoke a little bit about Johnny and friends at a, at a men's uh, breakfast, and he, he wanted to talk to me because he was like very intrigued about this idea of of following Jesus and listening to Jesus. And and he said as well that he, was, he said, okay, I'm coming towards the end of my career and I have all these different ideas for how I would like for God to use me. And, and I said, 
What if you do something completely different? What if you, instead of telling God different suggestions, what if you just ask him, okay, Jesus, what do you want to do with my life? Blank slate, no suggestions, no ideas, nothing like that. We had a, had a great conversation around those, those uh, different things there. And he sent me a message a couple of days later and said he had put a, uh, a notice on his, uh, on his fridge where it just said, Jesus, what do you want me to do? And I love that. And I know that Jesus will speak into that. But of course, what's scary about that is, and the reason why so many people don't pray like that and don't live like that is that he could tell you to do something crazy. He could tell you to do something that's very uncomfortable. He could tell you to do something that you don't want to do. Like the most recent example for ourselves, again, we, we live in, in, uh, in, in the Nashville area here in Tennessee, and we came here four years ago uh, because we were in a situation in Colorado where um, a work situation had uh, deteriorated to the point where I had lost my, my job. We were also facing homelessness because uh, the people who are renting our house uh, had decided to stop renting it out to us. So we were just sitting there. We had a five-year-old and a three-year-old and a two-week-old uh, baby. So we sat there and we're like, okay, what do we do, God? And, and we have lived this way of, of expecting God to lead us directly. We've lived like that for many, many years, my wife and I. So we were just, okay, so what's next? And God, in the middle of the night, uh, spoke to my wife and told us to go here to Middle Tennessee. And we were like, why? We don't know anybody in all of Tennessee. We have no contact there. There's no real reason for us to go there. But but that's what God had to say. And over the next next several days, there were a couple of ways that he confirmed it through different people who would speak to us about this area out of the blue. Uh, that was just God's way of sort of confirming that, okay, this is what I want you to do. But he didn't give us any more details. And I've talked to many people since we came here to Tennessee, and, and, and a lot of people will look at me and think, you're crazy. Like, why? Like, are you serious? So you just packed you up your stuff and, and yourselves and your family, and you drove across the country from Colorado to Tennessee without anything else, without any idea of where you're going to live, where you were, uh, what you were going to do and, and how any of it would look like. And I said, yes, absolutely. Because when I look at the scriptures, when I uh, recently we've been watching uh, The Chosen, this uh, multi-season TV series about Jesus, and, mm, and that's what we it. see there as well, just lived out on the screen, this sort of way that Jesus would just call his disciples. He walks up to Matthew, who has a solid job, who has a career, who has respect, and he just says, follow me. And he puts down his stuff and follows him. This is, according to the scriptures, according to the Bible, something that we can expect as disciples of Jesus, that he will tell us what to do. He will tell us where to go. Um, so, so for us, this is how we live. This is uh, what we expect from our, our relationship with God, that we don't tell him that this is what we need to be doing. This is what it needs to look like. But no, we actually, um, yeah, Whenever there's a situation where we know we have to make some sort of decisions, like, okay, Jesus, it's it's up to you. How do you want to speak to us? How do you want to lead us? Um, we, we, don't, we don't get to decide. And I think that's where you get to experience God leading in specific ways. And you have the joy of knowing, as we were driving across the country from Colorado and ended up living in an Airbnb, and I started networking from the one person I knew who knew a person here, that... I knew all along that we were here because God told us to come here, not for any other reason. 
you know, I use the illustration. I think that is so, there's so much in what you said that we can uh, unpack a bit. But I use the illustration that, uh, and this is not always the case. Sometimes you need to just sit quietly and just receive from the Lord. But often I find that uh, you, the Lord really will steer the bike if you start pedaling and just say, Lord, show me where you want me to go. And you don't have the, the direction, similar to what Abraham or Abram back in the day in Genesis 12, when the Lord said, hey, just go forth from your country and from your relatives and from your father's house to a land I will in the future show you. Go that way. It's like, okay, don't know anybody there. Uh, I have no clue, but okay. I'll start walking. I'll start walking that way. And that's exactly what you did from Colorado. You just said, okay, Lord, we're going to start driving to Tennessee. And uh, that's pretty cool. Yeah, and it, it, it's just, again, it, it, it creates this life where, uh, again, I, I talk to a lot of Christians as well who say that they just long to experience God. And, and I'm like, that is, I have to be honest, a, a foreign idea for me because, like, of course I experience God because I live in this sort of way. I live in an, a daily expectation that he is going to lead me, that he is going to tell me what he wants me to be about. Uh, yesterday I was uh, at a, a a business appointment and I, and I left, uh, I was about to leave this coffee shop and I had a sense this time. It was just a sense that there was a man sitting uh, not too far from us. And I was like, I think I need to go over and talk to him. And I, I'm not really in, in, it's not really a habit of mine to go and, to, and, and strike up conversations with strangers necessarily, but went over and, and, and saw that this young man was looking at the Bible. And I asked him, so, so what are you, what are you, what are you doing? And, and he shared, he was a youth pastor and we, uh, I, I sat down and we talked for the next, I think, uh, hour. And mm. he was uh, right at this point, he was ready to considering, him and his wife were considering leaving this solid job they had as, as youth ministers at a church and stepping out into something much more scary. They had a sense that God was calling them into a life of following him into some church planting, into some different looking, very different looking discipleship work. And he kept asking me, can you tell me stories of God's provision when you came here to Tennessee? Can you tell me how did he help you guys in, in those years that have, have gone that have gone by since you came here? And it was exactly what he needed to hear. He needed to hear from someone like me, who in this case was just a few few steps further down that journey he was about to embark on himself with his family. He had three little kids, just like I do, many similarities between us. But I would not have known that. I would not have experienced the blessing for myself talking to him. He wouldn't have received the blessing if I had not been listening to that little notch that just said, you need to talk to that guy. So how do you know, Torben? How do you know that it's the Lord speaking and it's not some, it's not the enemy or it's not, uh, or it's just uh, something that is in your subconscious that you saw on a show or what, how do you know? What's the, is there some secret sauce around that? <laughs> I think the secret sauce uh, has to do with, with confidence in your relationship with God. Um, as we talk about in this podcast and many of these other episodes where it's like the, the key to walking free 
and in this case to to living in this sort of way where you experience God as a living daily reality in your life has to do with confidence in your relationship with God. Mm. I know who God is. I know how he sees me. I know who I am in him. There's no doubt about that. I know that he wants to lead me. I know he wants to speak to me. I know he wants to speak to me and through me. And and so, so for me, it has to do with that, with that confidence that comes from that. And then what I typically do is uh, I, I just double check with, with God. When I have some sort of thought and it sounds a little crazy, I'll double check with God and, and, and just ask him, just praying in my head, okay, God, is this from you? And I just ask you to, could you give me a sense of peace here? I have a sense this is what you want me to say. This is what you want me to do. And he'll confirm that if it's from him. And if not, that, that thought will vanish, as it typically does, because then it was just some crazy thought of my own. Um, so, so I've, again, to me, it's been a, been a matter of just growing in that, both as a, as a counselor, as a person, uh, in, in any sort of conversation, just knowing, okay, God, I think you want me to share this. I think you want me to take the conversation this direction. Is this where we're going? Okay, let's do it. Um, and, and to me, it's, it's a, a, it's just a reality as we're seeing it in the scriptures as well of those that, that knew, knew God well, that, that this is what we can expect as followers here in 2021 as well, that, that God wants to speak to us. God wants to direct us. God wants to lead us. It's not this sort of, it has to be so formal. It has to be like, oh, gotta, uh, I don't know, ask a church leadership what they think necessarily. No, like, again, Jesus lives inside of you. He wants to lead you. He wants to direct you. He wants to bring about blessings uh, to people around you. He wants you to be a source of encouragement, whatever that may look like. And and, and for me, I had a had a year where I was driving Uber uh, full-time here in Nashville, and I never thought I would be driving Uber, but this was another time where, where God was speaking to me and challenging me in, in ways that I thought sounded really odd. Because again, we had come here to Nashville, and to be honest, I thought, and lots of people around me thought, they were like, oh, wow, you guys came across the country, so surely God must have something phenomenal planned for you guys straight away. And I'm like, yeah, I don't think that's necessarily how it works. Again, just because you obey God doesn't mean that things will turn out great. But that's, of course, what people were saying to us. But I certainly had some thoughts that, okay, there was something very specific he wanted us to be about here. But we came here, and very early on, I was like, I kept networking, trying to get a job, applied for all sorts of stuff. And it was like, okay, Tom, I want you to do something crazy. I want you to be a full-time Uber driver. And I'm like, I cannot make enough money being a full-time Uber driver for a family of five and we homeschool our kids. And, um, and God, in that uh, conversation there we were having as, as I was praying about, it was like, no, that's true, but I'll take care of the rest. You just work, mm. uh, work hard and I'll take care of the rest. I'll, I'll show you miracles when it comes to finances. And then there was a second challenge that he gave me was, okay, I want to show you that now for the first time in many years, you are not in ministry. You're not a counselor. You're not a pastor. You're not a missionary. You are just a, in my case, first name that they struggle to pronounce, taking them from A to B in Metro Nashville. And I'm going to show you that I will do ministry through you as you drive people around town. And I was like, okay, guess we'll do that. So, so that's what I did for a full year. Drove more than 5,000 uh, Uber trips. And, and what I experienced was, again, I didn't have any crosses, the Bibles, anything hanging in my car. It was just myself 
and of course the Holy Spirit is present. And if I had a dime for every time some stranger would say, I don't know why I'm telling you this, but, and here comes the, <laughs> the confession, I would be a very wealthy man. Maybe it's a confession of an affair. Maybe it's t- telling about struggles in his marriage. Maybe it's talking about how do I how do I do this with my kids, with other relationships, whatever it may look like. There's so many opportunities to speak truth, life, hope into people's lives. There's so many opportunities to pray for people. I remember this one gentleman who, as soon as I asked him, "How how are you doing?" He just spilled the beans and, 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 and said that, hey, I'm, I'm a believer, but I've gotten lost. I'm in the middle of an affair, and, and I, am, I just sense a conviction just sitting here talking to you. Hmm. And, and we ended up sitting and praying outside of his very fancy apartment complex at 3.30 in the morning. And he wrote me a message the day after saying, okay, I have enrolled in, in counseling, and I have, uh, I have ended the affair because I know that, that this is not what God has for me. And, wow. and all of this is just, again, it's just examples of God leading you. Like, never thought I would be an Uber driver for a year. That was not my dream. But it was an opportunity to see God do his work just by me being obedient, just by me driving people from A to B. Sometimes we would talk about the weather, sports, or whatever. Uh, but very, very often it would lead into any sort of spiritual conversation. Or maybe just someone needed a dad uh, to help them navigate life. I talk to a lot of young people and I have enough gray hair to, to, uh, to be in that position with them. And, um, and yeah, it was just a phenomenal time where it's like, you get to see God at work. You sit there, I would sit and have these, it sense God maybe wanting to ask them a question. And like I said, I would kind of double check if it was a question that sounded a little odd and then just ask them. So what's going on now? What's happening with this? Uh, can you share about uh, your, your marriage or your family or whatever it may be? And, and all of a sudden, we would have a conversation that would lead into something meaningful. And that's when Jesus was on this planet, he was talking to everybody. And sometimes, I guarantee it, he was talking about sports, if you will, or yeah. talking with the little children about games. And, you know, said, so yeah, let's, let's have a conversation about anything, and but always bringing it. Uh, back to an encouraging word, a loving word. Jesus has called us to love one another. That is the mission. And part of that is, yes, sharing Christ as God gives opportunity, sharing the cross, sharing forgiveness and life. But it's loving. That is the mission that we are called to love. And something you said, um, and this is an assumption that uh, I think is the foundation of what you're talking about, we must truly believe and accept that God is always talking and leading. Second Corinthians 2.14 says, But thanks be to God who always leads us in triumph in Christ and manifests through us the sweet aroma of the knowledge of him in every place. And he is always leading. He's always leading us in triumph. And he's always manifesting through us this sweet aroma of the knowledge of him in every place, whether it's an Uber vehicle, whether it's at a retail shop, if you're working, whether you're working in ministry or not, a corporate job, it doesn't matter. If you're a believer in Jesus Christ, he is always leading and always talking to you. The question is, 
are we listening and taking action? Exactly, exactly. And, and I think that's, that's the invitation that, that, that Jesus has for all of us. And it's, but, but what it requires, of course, is that, that we surrender to him fully. And, and I mm. think that's, the, that's what hinders a lot of Christians from experiencing what, what I'm describing is that there are still areas of their lives where they still want to be in charge. I remember talking to someone here in, Nash, in the Nashville area, and we were talking about being uh, just open to God leading wherever uh, he wanted to lead us. And this man, it was, it was almost a little bit humorous, at least to me, but he was so honest and he said, yeah, like I say to God that I'm willing to go to any of these three counties. So he, <laughs> so he had three counties here in the United States. In the United States, I think I looked it up at some point, there's like uh, 4,500 counties. Um, and, but, but of course, what he meant by that and what so many people, they live like that, where it's like, you know, I'm willing to move where here, here, as long as my family is there, as long as my friends are there, as long as I have a great house. As long as, but I'm like, that's not being led by God. That's not a full surrender to Jesus. That's not saying you're in charge at all. And, and I think that's why so many people simply don't experience this sort of just natural daily experience of, hey, Jesus is alive in me. Jesus is working through me. Jesus is helping me parent. Jesus is helping me connect with my kids. Jesus will stop me in, in my tracks as I'm thinking something, I'm about to do something that might be dumb. And he'll, he'll lead and he'll guide and he'll direct me. And, and I think that's where, but it has to do with that full surrender and saying to Jesus, you know what, you, you, you have it all. Whatever you want me to do, whatever you want me to be about, however you want us to live, wherever you want us to live, however you want things to work out with our kids, we're not in charge. You're in charge. And when we submit to Jesus in that way, and we can only do that if we trust him. We can only do that if we know that he is good. And if we know that his plans for us are good, even if it's incredibly painful. The mm. last four years for our family have been devastatingly painful since everything blew up in our face in Colorado. But, and yet we can say now, looking back, and even though not everything has been answered by any stretch, but we're so thankful for what has come out of. We're so thankful for what we've learned about God's provision, God's care for us and our family. We're so thankful for the fact that he's always known what he's doing. He knows what he's doing right now. He knows what, what, what life is going to look like. My life doesn't look at all the way I thought it would at this point. I'm 44 years old and, and I live in a rented house uh, south of Nashville. I never thought I'd be doing that. I thought I would have some sort of fancy high-powered career and have some uh, super cool house somewhere in a, in a boat or something. Who knows? But it doesn't, it doesn't matter because Jesus knows what, what he wants us to be about. Jesus knows what's best for us. So all of that has to do with trust, has to do with surrender, surrender to this love of God, surrender that even when he leads us through these terrible, terrible valleys of the shadow of death, he's still there with us. He's still going to speak to us. He's still going to honor us. He's still going to uh, change our lives. And, and, and just thinking about Psalm 23, this, this picture of David talking about, uh, hey, you prepare a table before me in the presence of my enemies. You may have enemies following Jesus. I've certainly had that. I've had lots mm -hmm. of people in my life, in and outside of the church, in my case, sadly, mostly within the church, who have behaved like enemies, 
when I have followed God, when I have spoken the truth, when, when I have taken a stand against something that was wrong, that has cost me a lot. But in that place, in that valley, he prepares a table, a table of acceptance, a table of communion, a table of telling me who he is and telling me who I am. And that's and a table of provision right there. Exactly. I I will tell you, uh, Torben, and as we uh, just wrap up this first part, and we're going to have Torben, uh, and we're going to talk about a lot of things uh, uh, in future uh, episodes as well. But uh, this idea of hearing from God uh, and following what you hear, we have to really believe, number one, that he truly cares for us, and he does, that he truly loves us, and he does, that he's able to provide for us, and he is. If we can, and often I have to ask, do we really believe that? Because if we don't, well, we may hear something, but we're not going to take action on it. Uh, Is he going to give us what we need to say? Like uh, when he was telling the disciples that, hey, you're going to be brought into some pretty tough places and even uh, before the synagogues and the rulers and authorities and what he told those disciples, he says, look, don't worry about how or what uh, you are to speak in your defense, what you're to say. A lot of us want to plan out everything we're going to say. And this is in Luke 12, uh, 11 and 12. And he says, for the Holy Spirit will teach you in that very hour what you ought to say. And, you know, when, when you come up, like you gave the illustration of you sense, hey, I need to talk to this person. What do I say? Can we trust the one who is omnipotent, the one who loves us, who is our comforter? Can we trust him in us to speak the words that we need to say through us in that moment? Yes, we can. And that's what it's all about. Torben, what final words of encouragement uh, could you give us before we wrap up? I would just encourage anybody who who is listening, where if they if they are honest and they would they would say that hey, listening to God and hearing Him speak to me that is a very rare occurrence. Or maybe it's what I've sometimes asked people like, tell me the last time, tell me your last experience of Jesus in your life. And and sometimes it's a little shocking to me how people have to go back many many years, and I'm like. No, no, like if, if Jesus is in you and the word of God is alive, surely you have something from today or yesterday. Or there's got to be something going on. But if that's not your experience, I, I would I would encourage uh, in, anybody listening to to find somebody to, to actually address that with, to to start that conversation with, with a trusted friend, a pastor, counselor, whatever. Just like, okay, so so what what is it between that's between me and experiencing Jesus this way? Like, what is it that I am not willing to surrender? What is it maybe about God's character that I have not fully experienced so that I feel that I can trust him fully with my life and and I'm willing to give it all to him and then actually get to experience him leading, speaking, directing, and, and just experiencing a life that's exciting like I, i've often said that that life as as a disciple of christ again if, if i sometimes talk to christians who think it's boring and i'm like 
boring. Seriously, I don't understand <laughs> that at all. Uh, like again, like any other emotion, I can I can relate to, but boring not in a million years. It's never boring with the living God in your life. I can assure you of that. But I would encourage anybody to to start that conversation. Certainly to pray to God as well. God, what what is here? What is what is hindering me from having that experience that you lay out in the scriptures that is supposed to be something that's normal to us. This is not just for Paul and Peter and, and David and those guys from the Bible. This is for all of God's children. He wants us to experience him as a daily living reality that's, yeah, that, that changes our lives moment by moment. Well, as we say on the podcast often, uh, a lot of people uh, will talk about it. They talk about identity. They might talk about hearing from God and there are many that just aren't. They just talk and talk and talk, and they don't take that actual step uh, and that step of faith. And I don't know what the step of faith might be for you if you're listening. Uh, as Torben said, it might be um, asking God to reveal those things you're holding on to, uh, that you're holding on so tightly that you need to let go of uh, and release that to the Lord. And then listen. And listen to his direction. And once you listen, and once you hear from him, then you take that step of faith, whatever that step is. So as uh, I close this podcast, let me just say our tagline that just says this, it might be time for you to stop talking and start walking. You've been listening to Walking Free a production of Grace Ministries International in Marietta, Georgia. For more information, go to our website at gmint.org. That's G-M-I-N-T dot O-R-G.